Ben Jawalski, what's going on? Not too much, man. The Open uh, officially wrapped up 36 minutes ago, right? Or no, it, wait, 20 minutes from now. I don't really remember. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, it's got like 20 minutes to go. I got dangerously close to quarterfinals. So close, I was scared I was going to pay the 50 bucks. Thank God I didn't get in. What percentile <laughs> were you? I'm going to finish in the 80. 80- eighth percentile i was looking nice. back on it you know i didn't redo any of those workouts and the one had i redone it then i'm positive i would have scored better was that uh the middle one yeah you know i mean i had an okay effort but like i'm confident i could have uh done more than i did and it probably had i redone it it likely would have put me up into the quarterfinal range and i'm glad yeah. i didn't because i'm in the same boat i'm in the same boat i'm actually really excited this is the you know, last year I qualified for the quarterfinals with like, honestly, very minimal effort, but somehow I was able to put forth even less effort or less uh, competency this year. Um, and I'm the same thing. I think 89th percentile is where I'm going to finish. I see. I think it's, I think it's perfect because it's just fit enough, but not so fit. You have to do more work. <laughs> it's, it, it's for the better anyway. Cause like I have a, that weekend of the quarterfinals, I'm, you know, very, very busy. And that would have been really stressful if I felt like felt the pressure to do it. So now I don't have that weighing on my conscience. Um, I did, was able to smash the final workout. Um, so the first two weren't necessarily wheelhouse workouts, but the third one was, was good. And what sucks is I know that the quarterfinal workouts would all be like very good workouts for me. Like I climbed a lot on the leaderboard in the quarterfinals last year because right. they were like heavier, more technical stuff like that. Um, you know, more skills, but, uh, anyway, I'm, I'm excited for another year of the open being over. Yeah, I am too. I learned a lot this year. That's, I guess that's what we're going to talk about tonight is what we learned, but I feel like I learned more in this open than probably any other open I've ever done. And I got out of it unscathed. I RXed all three workouts and I didn't wreck anything. No busted shoulder, no busted knee. I had that one little tweak on the box jumps, but that went away after like a day. I feel great. So I'm, ecstatic that I got through this thing unscathed. Excellent. Excellent work. Which is rare for me. So yeah, it's a good thing. Um, oh. And we'll mention our sponsors. I will, I won't talk about innovate for a second. So I wore my innovate shoes in every workout. <laughs> Matter of fact, I, because I was traveling to some of this open, I was carrying extras because I wasn't sure which pair I'd want. And even though we're always talking about those three hundreds, I wore the two sixties and two of the three workouts and um, when it was over, I thought to myself, you know, I never thought of my feet through the entire open. And that, that's a huge testament to them, man. Because like I've had, I don't know if you've ever had a workout where you were like your feet are shifting around or you're worried about whatever the hell's on your feet. Yeah. I've, I've had that multiple times and I did not have that this time. And I was really happy. Like, really. Yeah. I love the the 260s and the 245s are probably my, those are my daily, daily drivers. I mean, I know they're our sponsor and also this sounds, you know, it's very addish, but um, in that last workout, I, you know, I wasn't sure what I wanted to wear because it, it was, you know, kind of covered all bases. You had to do jumping and, you know, had muscle ups, but it also had, you know, lifts that were moderately heavy for me. Right. And so I was like, do I need a more stable lifting shoe or, you know, what do I need to do? And so I chose that 260 because it was Scott's shoe and I figure he knows far more than me. <laughs> and man, he was spot on, dude. I like I never even thought about them and I just felt light and I mean, it nearly killed me, but I mean, my feet felt fine. Yeah. So. You just thought about all the other pain that you had. <laughs> yeah. No, this well, is good stuff. Feet. 
At least it wasn't your feet. It was definitely not my feet. So, well, let's talk about, um, talk about the big lessons besides like my footwear. What was your biggest takeaway this year from the open? Anything just jump out at you? See, number one, I, I very often undervalue warmups. I just don't, I just like a lot of times if I'm going to work out, I just kind of like get the equipment ready and let it rip. Right. And I can say with confidence, warmups help you perform better in the workouts. Uh, the first two workouts, I, you know, and this is me shooting myself in the foot. So this isn't an excuse or a complaint or anything, but like both workouts, I pretty much like rolled up to the gym and people who were going were like, Oh dude, just jump with the, in with me right now. Right. Like we're starting in like two minutes that happened for the second workout as well. So I got to, you know, the uh, 22.2, I at least like hopped on an, uh, you know, an assault bike for like two minutes and then just loaded the bar and said, go. Right. Uh, the 22.1, I literally took my pants, you know, took my sweatpants off and tied my shoes and it was three, two, one go. <laughs> I didn't even touch, nice. didn't even touch the dumbbell, didn't even try a wall walk. I just went. And <clears throat> I realized that in my training, a lot of times I just shortcut, man. I, I shortcut the warm up because I'm like, yeah, let's just get right into it. Cause I, cause I don't injure myself. Like I tend to stay pretty injury free. So I never really look at it as like a, a performance increaser, like warming up properly will increase your performance and ability to be ready to hit the workout. Well, 22.3, I actually dropped into a class in uh, a CrossFit steamboat and Ronnie, the coach who's an ex uh, or she, you know, was a one-on-one athlete for watch prep with her for a really long time. She was just like, all right, you're hopping into this class, but I'm going to warm you up, you know? And she did a pretty robust warm up. And I absolutely smashed it. Like, like I, I cried, crushed that workout. It was up my alley. Like it was a, a wheelhouse workout for me, but it was just amazing to see like, wow, I feel so good now compared to these other workouts where I just like kind of came in cold and said, ah, who, you know, warmups are stupid. I'm not going to get injured, but really a warm up is a performance increasing tool. I've realized that. It's funny. I, um, I did not get the warm ups I wanted. And then the third one, you know, it, I had to force myself to warm up. So I went, I dropped in on an affiliate, um, CrossFit Cadre, which is in Hudson and they're a 10 year affiliate. They just hit their 10 year anniversary and really well-run gym. Um, Jason Welch, who's the owner is a friend of mine. I've known him for a number of years and he's, you know, kind of deep in the community here anyway. So they'd invited me to come down and, uh, they had balloons everywhere and they had the floor taped off. So you couldn't even go out there if you weren't competing, which I love that, by the way, on Friday night lights, like where it's the sacred space. Yeah, it is. Well, and it should be like they had lanes marked off and you signed up for your heat and lanes were numbered. So you knew where you were going. It was like a competition. It was well run. I really loved that part of it. But the mm -hmm. problem was, is that you, know, you only have limited space in a gym. So there's nowhere really to to do the warm up you want to do. Meaning mm. there was nowhere to go do thrusters and nowhere to go do pull-ups because all that equipment's being used, you know? And now they had, it was a big gym. So there were spaces where I could go do double unders and like kind of warm up and they had some bikes, some assault bikes and echoes and C2s and that sort of thing. So I had to improvise my own warm up, but I literally went into that warm up without trying a single muscle up beforehand. And keep in mind, I've literally not even attempted a muscle up in well over six months. Yeah. In any capacity. And so it was, 
it was an interesting test in understanding how much I needed to be warmed up prior to going in and making sure I was warming up the right joints and muscles and, and all of that without actually doing the movement. So I, you know, I think your point's right. Like, you know, warm ups important. And I was, you know, I'm not patting myself on the back, but smart enough to know I needed to make, do a lot of pass throughs with a PVC pipe. And I did plenty of double unders and I did some pigeon stretch and just a boatload of air squats, you know, getting ready for thrusters and, um, yeah, you know, some down dog and that sort of thing, just to get my shoulders open and, uh, and prepared. And I was fine. Like once I got you know, and to their credit, they gave us five minutes kind of in between heats. So I had time to go out and do a couple of thrusters real quick and do a couple of pull-ups, but I never tested a muscle up until I had to do them actually in competition. Um, and I, you know, physically I felt fine because I had, I spent probably 20 minutes of like constant warm up. So by the time I got out there, I was warm. I wasn't sweating, yeah. you know, but I was certainly ready to go. So um, that is, that's a challenge in the open, dude. I had that problem with the other two workouts where I didn't get as much warm up as I wanted. Maybe that's what I should blame. Not making quarterfinals on not getting enough warm up time. Yeah. It, uh, I was really surprised, uh, the drastic difference. Now, granted there were different workouts, but I just, I've never, I've always looked at it as just like an injury prevention tool and like, uh, um, you know, I guess a slight performance enhancement, but man, I, I can tell you right now, uh, properly formulated warm up that gets your heart rate where it needs to be and gets you through all the ranges of motion that you need for the workout. It's like, wow, that was, uh, that made a huge difference. So I'd say that that's probably the, that's one of, I'm sure many lessons that I learned, but that was definitely the biggest one. How about you? What was, what was your big, big lesson from the open? Uh, my biggest one was changing my nutrition paid off huge. Yeah. Uh, particularly in that last workout. I mean, so, you know, by the time I got to the last workout, I'm, I'm down 20 to 22 pounds since January 3rd. Wow. Um, and, um, and so I've learned a couple of things about nutrition. Number one, I've learned that, um, I've learned how to work out while on a deficit. And so getting enough carbs to fuel my workouts where they haven't been making my workout suffer and how to fuel prior to a competitive workout like this one. And so I think mm -hmm. those were big, probably the biggest thing though, from that is like how much stronger and more explosive I feel being lighter because I was able to continue to work out over the 60 days at what I you know, kind of a high rate for me, I was continuing to try to build strength and do the things I've always done. I didn't like pull back on my training. And so when I got to that workout, I said, I haven't done muscle ups in over a year, dude. I am not exaggerating. I did the first one. I jump up, grab the bar. By the time I got to the top of the bar, my arms were already locked out. Like I hit, I've yeah. never hit that high on a bar in my life, you know? Nice. And it's There's just no the, Olsen bar muscle up. <laughs> that's what it felt like. And I got up there and I was like, oh shit, it's on. <laughs> right? like, these feel good. So I'm like, I'll do another one. If I hit a second one, I am in a good spot. And the second one was exactly like the first one. And so then I'm in a place where I was kind of playing around with my hand positioning to see where it felt, felt more comfortable because I was so confident in how strong I was. I was yeah. just trying to be as efficient as possible, you know, and where did you, getting, your hands end up? Uh, wider was better for me. So shortening that range of motion, I, I pulled them in too close at one point. And then I started hitting like kind of right under my sternum 
Huh. Uh, which is still so interesting. not a terrible place to be. I mean, like I was hitting like, you know, right at my ribs. And so I was still able to get over the bar, but you know, I joked that my underboob hurt, like it felt mm. like getting punched, but yeah. when my hands were wider, I was just popping up there and, huh. um, and they felt great. You know, I mean, they sucked. Don't get me wrong, but you know, comparatively. And I had, I like, I went in thinking if I get one, I'll be ecstatic and I got 11. And so my awesome. point to that is the, you know, I think the lighter weight made a huge difference. And I felt that through the other workouts, like in the box jump workout, box jumps, while they weren't effortless, they felt way easier than I thought they would. Um, I didn't feel any real drop off in deadlifts or, you know, uh, dumbbell snatches or, or even the thrusters, like, all that stuff was still hard for me, but it didn't feel harder at a lighter weight. I kind of went into it thinking I'll lose weight and my lifts will suffer and my lifts never suffered. I mean, I'm not a great lifter, but they didn't get worse, you know? And, and so I, you know, I just say all that to say, like, I think the thing I learned in nutrition is that it, you know, whatever weight you're at, you know, as long as you're fueling properly, you can compensate for it. And for me, that lighter weight made the body weight stuff so much easier. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I wish I'd done it sooner, to be honest. Now I'm, I'm kind of oddly looking forward to Murph this year, you know? Yeah, you're going you're gonna to crush Murph. It's going to be an all-time PR. Well, I don't know about that, but, you know, I've certainly, you know, I'm not dreading it like I did a year ago. Yeah, you know? that's so, awesome, man. Cool. Yeah, it was good stuff. So, I I don't know. I um, There's part of me that's glad it's over and, you know, part of me is a little sad. Like, I like these weekly getting together with friends and Friday night lights. And I really wish that they made a, like, I was kind of bummed that there wasn't a two part workout. Like, what do you mean? There wasn't a, a heavy lift. There wasn't huh. like any two parter. Like it was literally just three workouts and two of them were like, so simple. Like almost it seemed oversimplified. I don't know. I just, I wish that there was maybe, um, I mean, they, they did what they're set out to do where like everyone, everyone who is going to make it to the CrossFit games, uh, certainly made the top 10%, right? <laughs> like, like, sure. duh. But <clears throat> I, for, for those who only, you know, including you and I, for those who, uh, will only stay in the open and aren't going forward. I, I, I wanted there to be maybe a slightly more robust test, but I understand like, that's not necessarily what it's designed to do. Um, but it would have been really cool if there was some sort of heavy lift involved. Like See, the, the, the deadlift just fundamentally is not that heavy compared to if they had some sort of complex or sure. some sort of one rep max. And I think that it'd be so easy just to throw that in. Yeah. Um, it could have even been like a one rep max thruster or something, but, uh, I don't know. That, that was the only thing I was like, darn, I wish they had, they had something. See, I kind of liked it this way. And here's why I, I think particularly for our crowd here on this show, like the scale and bailers is like, I felt right. all three workouts were really, really accessible. Now I know muscle ups aren't accessible for everyone, but that is a movement that's been in the open now. I mean, they've been doing bar muscle ups since when was the first year's introduced 2015, 2016, 2016, yeah. I think. Yeah. So, you know, God, like, you know, five, six years, seven years, whatever. Um, so it's, you know, something that everyone's had plenty of time to plan for. I just, I just think that the open should be, you know, or at least what they did this year was you have kind of the simplest workouts for three weeks and you pick the top 10% from the simplest ones. Now, I, why I don't think they were simple and easy. I think compared to what you're describing, they are, 
Mm-hmm. Right. And then in quarterfinals, you'll get the more specialists, the people that can yeah. do the one rep max thrusters or do the heavy cleans or snatches or, or whatever. And yeah. it, there's never a perfect scenario, but I kind of like the, you know, the easy programming for three weeks, let's pick the best 10%. You guarantee the top 10% get through on that. And, uh, you know, you don't have any pretenders in the next round, you know? Yeah. I think, um, yeah, I, I agree that, I mean, they definitely got, you know, the people who are going to make it to the games eventually definitely made it through this round. Um, I just, I love, there's, I love the opens where you can test your heavy lifting. Um, and I also love the opens where you can test previous workouts. So the fact that there also wasn't a repeat was like, Ooh, double whammy, no heavy barbell, right. no, you know, no heavy uh, weightlifting. Like there was no snatch, no clean. Right. Um, and also no repeats. It was just like, wow, shoot. Like I kind of, I kind of like when at least one of those elements shows up, but neither of them did. So that was interesting. Yeah. I missed the repeat. I like the repeat workouts. Yeah. Cause but... it's, it's amazing to see how you do compared to your old self. True. I, uh, I will say not tooting your horn too much, Ben, but I thought your coaching was really good through this. I learned that. I mean, I kind of already knew it, but I took all of your tips on 22.3 and it was the one time even in this open where I literally did not, uh, ignore my own advice. I took what you said to do and like, I implemented it. Here's something else I learned by the way, that you forget when you don't train an affiliate. I don't know how many people we have listening that train at home, but, uh, I would highly suggest going to an affiliate in a competitive situation occasionally for this reason. I got in the middle of that workout and I had the rep scheme that you you know, uh-huh. you and I had talked about in my mind. I'm like, all right, I'm going to break it up early and often. Yeah, I was going to do six, five, five, five on the thrusters on the first round. And the second round of thrusters, I was planning to do threes the whole way. And when I got to chest bar pull-ups, I was going to do threes the whole way, you know, yep. like two, twos and threes. And I stuck to that, like religiously to the point where it was annoying me because I knew I had more in me, but I was yeah. sticking in my plan. Right. And here's the point. Here's the hard part. I was... Uh, working out across from a friend of mine who I've known for a long time. And I was in the chest bar and he was already on muscle ups and it is hard to rein it in at that point when you're going, yeah. I should be closer to him than I am. Like, cause I'm doing the math in my head. I'm like, I should be closer to him than I am. Yeah. I'm going to stick to my plan. And I stuck to it and it paid off. Like I had yeah. enough energy to do the muscle ups, but that's a hard skill. Like it's not something you can just practice at home. And so, I, you know, it's one thing I learned, you got to get an affiliate occasionally if you don't belong to one and, and like go through that mental toughness, that mental test of competing with someone, even though they don't know you're competing with them. I mean, and yeah, yeah. like just not getting sucked into the trap. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, especially if you're, if you're going out with a bunch of people who are coming out, super hot and you like don't want to fall behind like it's so easy to get like caught in this trap um and get sucked into it and then everybody blows up so uh, good on you for for sticking with your plan and and getting through the muscle-ups i know that was your goal was to knock out some muscle-ups and you definitely did it here's how hard it was i got to i i had i was at the eight minute mark on the clock and i had six thrusters left and i took i didn't start my I didn't get my tie break time until 919. So I took almost a minute 20 to do to not only to do those six uh, thrusters. And then I like walked around for about 20 seconds. I went over and chalked my hands and came back like, 
So I probably didn't even start thrusters till close or muscle ups until like the 10 minute mark. Yeah. You know, because I was so, I had programmed in my head, you know, you've got to have enough energy to do them, you know? So like if I retested it, I would probably now go harder in that round of thrusters, knowing that I could do them, which is why I think it's good kind of the point of all this to do retests from time to time. But, but I think it's also important to stick to your plan because now I know, I know exactly what it felt like in that plan. And now I can adjust later if I need to. Yep. Yeah, man. I, I uh, sucked my plan <clears throat> too. just made sure that, you know, despite not wanting to, I forced myself to break <laughs> the the first set of pull-ups, the first set of, like I broke sets that I didn't think I needed to. Um, and I got a good time, but you know, if I was uh, super gung ho about qualifying, I definitely probably would have, I, I would have redone it if I wanted to qualify. I would have redone all of them probably if I wanted to qualify or take a little bit more s- serious effort into warming up and strategizing and actually having a plan going into at least the first two workouts. This third workout, I had a plan and I will say like I ended and I was like, hmm, I feel maybe a little bit too good, right? right? Like I didn't quite black out the way that I wanted to. And ooh, I think I could have potentially shaved a minute off of this and gotten an even, you know, gotten a blazing fast time. Um, but either way, it's it's amazing the difference that happens when, you know, you you have a plan and you have a plan that is designed to make sure that you end strong. Um, and I, I think there's uh there's a lot to be said for like actually taking time to figure, try to figure out what your reps and sets are ahead of time, be conservative. And then you can always in the heat of the moment, like deeper into the workout, you can always be like, you know what, I'm going to hit a bigger set. Like I remember doing that a few years back for, forget which workout it was, but it was the, the really, really long thruster pull-up workout. Like it was like, it was like 40, Right. It was like yeah. 20, what was it? 27, 20. I uh, know. I think it was like 33, 27. Yeah. It was crazy. Uh, 24, 21, something like it. Yeah. And it went all the way down. To yeah. Three. So that, terrible. so that one, um, you know, I, I posted a pretty blazing score on that one too, but I forced myself like to really, really break it up like tons of, of like sets. And I'm just sitting there like hopping off, like oh, I feel good. I'll just hop right. back on, do some more. I feel good. And then like, I kept doing that and it, it kept me in a good place where I was like a little overconfident, but I'm like, you know, don't, don't fall for the trap. And then like three quarters of the way through the workout, I'm like, all right, baby, let's go. And I just, you know, like started hitting right. huge unbroken sets and finish strong. And that's like, in a lot of these videos that I make, that's what I teach people. It's like, man, if you can like, if you can just like stay composed and not lose yourself. And then at the end you have the confidence and the like, the composure to be like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to go for it now. It's amazing what that does. And for your confidence and for your score, you just, you end up wasting a lot less time. I tell you the other thing, um, I learned this every year. And um, so I guess I didn't learn it, but uh, seeing all the people getting their first this last week, like first muscle ups and first chest to bar and even first pull ups, like all three of those were really special. Matter of fact that I was, when I was at cadre, I got it on video and I posted it. Um, I should post it again, but the owner was coaching his daughter and she got her first muscle up 
right in front of them. Dude, nice. I, started, I started tearing up. I mean, it was like, cause the whole place exploded. Like she just won the Super Bowl or something, you know, That's like, so cool. you know, she's a coach there and she, you know, she's a young girl. She's like, you know, 21, 22, maybe. I mean, everybody's yeah. young to me, so I don't know how old she is, but, That's um, awesome. but yeah, you see that and, you know, you just, you remember how special it is to, to PR. And I was just really impressed at how many people like really dug in and, you know, got their first pull up. And I was one of your athletes last week, actually. Savannah showed me a video of um, some athletes she was coaching and got their first, you know, chest bar pull up. Yeah. And- it's amazing how many firsts they, it's like, I you wish there was maybe more, but like, there's just something about the open that kind of pushes people to like, you know what, I'm going to try this RX or even right. the scale division, right? Like you made it far enough in the scale division and you were pushed out of your comfort zone. A lot of people complained about it, but I think, you know, just as many people or almost as many people probably loved the fact that, wow, like I didn't think I could do a pull-up and here I am. I, I knocked out a few pull-ups or a few chest to bar. And I just think it's really, it's really powerful how the open can expose people to things that they haven't tried and it kind of forces them to try it. And then all of a sudden, poof, you get these huge, huge breakthroughs. Uh, so I have another question for you then. But before we do that, let's talk about our mission sponsor. And we'll come back to the question because I really like the question. <laughs> yep. uh, Thursday is killing it, bro. I have been... I hate to say I've been hammering Thursday because it's going to make it sound like I'm mainlining their product. Um, I just snorted every night, man. I do. I just dry scoop that shit and go to bed. Um <laughs> Oh, I swear to God, dude, like I have focused so hard on recovery. We should probably talk about it too, but I've been focusing hard on recovery during the open because it's, you know, these workouts are hard and, um, dude, I don't know what Justine, like, I mean, I know what Justine puts in that powder, but man, it, it knocks me out and I sleep so good. Yeah. So good. That's it's good. Amazing. I was away the last three days and I, I didn't, I didn't pack it this time. You know, I, I said, sometimes I pack it. Sometimes I don't. Well, of course, I procrastinated on my packing and right. didn't pack uh, because the open went so late last Thursday. And uh, yeah, I've I've slept like crap the last few days, but I'm I'm excited. I'm back home now. I'm gonna have my hopefully be in bed by like nine thirty and just have my nice my nice scoop of uh, of thirdsy as I read my book and and go to bed all alone and. and Perfect harmony and peace. Dude, it, I don't know what it is. It's like I've gotten in this routine now where I make my drink, I drink it. And then I just, at, I don't start to get like drowsy, but I can feel my body like going, okay, time for bed. Like, you know, yeah. like I start relaxing. Yeah, so, calming. The, yeah, yeah. so the, the theanine in uh, like one of the ingredients is theanine. And it's like a natural thing found in like green tea that actually like counteracts the caffeine jitters. Um, so, but obviously there's no caffeine in third Z. Um, and that theanine has like a, a very therapeutic, like calming effect. It just kind of like mellows you out, not in a way that's like you're drugged up, but you just, you just kind of calm down. And I actually take it like in the morning with my coffee, I take a pill of theanine uh, to prevent like coffee, crazy jitters, especially if I haven't had it in a few days. Right. Um, and it really helps. So I bet, I bet that's probably part of it is you're feeling that theanine kicking in and then, you know, all the other, the magnesium and the other stuff kind of does its, does its thing. And yeah, why, why and your skin you looks amazing. Your skin looks amazing. So it must be the collagen. Why, why right. would you, why would you do that to your coffee, bro? I like, I drink it right out of the pot is it give me more caffeine, the better, but. Oh uh, yeah. No, I like the caffeine, <laughs> but uh, I have realized actually, like there's sometimes where I get, I get amped on, you know, I drink cold brew, man. So it's like, right. You know, my serving of cold brew probably has 320 milligrams of caffeine mm-hmm. in it. Um, and there's times where I'm like, it's like, 
I'm, I'm alert and I'm on, but I'm like too much. It's like anxiety right. almost. Um, and I didn't really used to notice that, but then I was like, you know what? Like, I'm like, why do I always feel like more anxious than I am excited? And I started to play around with that. So I, t- I take a few days off of coffee sometimes. And then I also, like I said, like sometimes I'll have some, you know, 200 milligrams of theanine to go with it. And then it's a very different experience. Well, go get the, go get the third Z for everyone listening. Uh, thirdz.com, T-H-I-R-D-Z-Y. Uh, you can find them on Instagram at thirdzhq and use our scale, our uh, code, which is scale ZZZ, and you'll save 25%. And that stuff's awesome. So big recommendation. It's delicious. It is delicious. It's Don't mix it with fizzy water, though. I did that <laughs> once, and I sent a video to Justine, and I like thought I had this great idea. So I poured it into, like, I had a cup full of LaCroix, and I had it oh. filled up, and I was like, dude, Thirdsy's going to taste so good in fizzy water. So I poured in the Thirdsy, and then I started stirring it, and it just, just, like, exploded all over the counter. She has the video, actually. I sent it to her. So she has it somewhere. I'm sure they're using it in their marketing. It's What's like, the ingredient that makes it blow up? Probably the carbon monoxide, the carbon, uh, carbon dioxide in the fizzy water. Oh, it doesn't matter, matter that I added anything. Just the fact that I stirred fizzy oh, water. Oh, you like, stirred what it real was fast. I, thinking? <laughs> I got you. I got you. Okay. I got you. Um, it was like a science yeah. experiment. It was awesome. <laughs> and the best thing was I videoed it. I was like, guys, I have this great idea. Like Justine, this is going to be Ben's new creation. And then just everywhere. I feel like your whole life is this, Hey, I have this great idea. And then something explodes on you and then you realize it was a horrible idea. Yeah. I mean, that's how most of my videos go. I know we have this, we have these stories all the time. I think you've made all kinds of crazy provocative videos. This, this open. So I haven't gotten canceled yet, but I'm sure it's coming soon. You have made some good videos. So you had the twerking one that I really enjoyed. Yeah, really- I forgot to thank you about that. Like the fact that you you memed me, um, that's that's going on my resume, man. I like to meme my friends from time to time. Like it's never happened, book. and it happened, and I'm so excited about it. There you go, forever in, encased in a meme. So, uh, so my the question I was so proud of. So, did you come away from the open with any goals? Do you, you learn anything? Gave you new goals? Huh. That's a great question. When you weren't prepared for, obviously. Yeah. You know, I haven't, I haven't specifically thought of that. I think honestly, like from a business perspective next year, I want to have someone to help me record videos. Like I want to have another coach here with me. So I'm not the only one. So like I can be in here planning something and, you know, he or she can be in the back shooting videos with Travis and we just kind of, Tag team, I think that would be that's a goal of mine just because we had some pretty late nights and it's because I just I had a lot of stuff that I had to do and then things were waiting on my approval. What about, um, in cro- terms what of, about CrossFit goals? Yeah, in terms of <laughs> in terms goals. of in terms of CrossFit goals. Um I mean I know I know one of my weaknesses um is just kind of like engine grunt work and those that was the first two workouts, just grunt work. Um so I think if anything, I'm just like, I want to expose myself to more crossfit style grunt work workouts. Um, it's more of just a consistency thing, man. Like I, I have been traveling a lot recently. So my, my workouts have been a little inconsistent. And I know that that played a factor into the fact 
that I wasn't able to really grind in the ways that I have been able to do in the past. Um, so I'd say maybe less focus on skills because I have proven time and time again that those skills are kind of my jam um, and focus more on like, like if I need to come up with a workout for myself, uh, don't immediately default to things that I love doing, but like, man, do like a high volume deadlift burpee workout with some box jump overs, like yuck. And uh, be, just being more comfortable doing that kind of stuff, I think is is probably, I know that's not a specific goal, but that's where, where my head's going right now. How about you? You can't just surprise me with that question. Well, no, but I'm going to give you a follow-up and then we'll talk about me. So um, when you say engine though, what do you mean by that? Like you didn't feel comfortable with like that, the box jump snatch wad, like a, you couldn't keep the pace you wanted to keep or like, what do you mean by engine? Honestly, just like those, re- <laughs> I don't even know if it's engine. I think it's more of just my lower back tends to blow up on those movements. Um, it just, just like, high when i say engine i mean like um high rep low skill work like movements like burpees yeah bur- burpees even uh box like, jumps those are medium weight deadlifts for me right. um box jump overs dumbbell snatches like it's there's nearly zero skill involved and it's just moving moving move like it's just consistent moving and it's not like there's not a lot of power it's just like low power long output kind of thing. Um, and that's, it just tends to not be my thing. So I, I, I want to, I would love to eliminate that weakness and how cool would it, cool would it be for next year? Um, if I was able to post a great, a great score, like I did on this third workout, if I could post a great score on a workout that wasn't, that didn't used to be in my wheelhouse, that would be, that would be awesome. Yeah, I'm probably similar. Um, I mean, my, I feel like my engine is fine for long endurance. And so if I could redo something between, you know, leading into this open, I did a lot of kind of long endurance workouts, 30 minutes or more. Yeah. So the best way I have to describe it is, you know, imagine going out and running, you're going to go run five miles. If you're going to do run five miles, you know, let's say you're a decent runner. You're going to run an eight minute mile for five miles. It's if you're a pretty good runner. I know people are listening going, I run 10 minute miles, whatever your five mile time is, that's it. Right. But you run much faster for a three minute mile and much faster for a one mile. Right. I should have been training in my one mile pace because I knew good and damn well, that there's not an open workout created that's longer than 20 minutes. Right. Ever, you know? And so I should have been testing that more or, or training that more of like, what does it feel like to do box jumps for 15 minutes or burpees for 15 minutes or whatever? Yeah. I just wasn't testing that enough. You know, I yeah. was busy, you know, doing a salt runner and a salt bike and C2 bike and rowing and stuff for 30 minutes and throwing in some lifts with it, you know, and I don't feel bad about my performance, but, you know, I look back on that first one with box jumps and snatches and think, you know, the snatches are heavy for me, but they're manageable. Yeah. And, and there weren't that many, it was only 12, you know, and the box jumps weren't that many. So had I had more confidence in doing, you know, to your point, kind of low skill, high rep box jumps for that time period, I could have posted a much bigger score Yeah, than I did, you know? And so I probably should have done that. So I think for me, looking back, like I need to, I need to test more in that kind of 12 to 15 minute range, you know, or 10 mm. to 15 minute range, which is sure. what all three of these were. And if you look back at 
every open workout ever, they're almost all 10 to 15 minutes. Yeah. You know? And so for me, that's a big one. And then to your point, I have to do more grunt work. You know, I tend to do the things I like, which are those cardio implements and I, you know, cleans and snatches and like kind of the fun lifts. What I don't do a lot of are burpees and dumbbell snatches and, you know, the things that just aren't, you know, burpees aren't a sexy movement. They're, you just have yeah. to do them, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I need to do that for nice. sure. Yeah. The open does a good job of, you know, I don't know if this one was as well-rounded as past ones just simply because, Hey, there's uh you know, a lot less workouts anymore, but the open still does a good job of exposing weaknesses. I mean, it, it, it shows you like compared to everyone else, it's like, where do you stand? Right. So even if you don't think you're very good at something, but the workout says, no, you're, you're about average there. And then you have this, this other one where you're like, wow, I was like, I thought I did well on it, but wow, I didn't stack up on the leaderboard. That just shows you that you, you might not understand where your holes are quite as much. Um, and it's up to you, you know, for me anymore, not trying to be too competitive. Like, will I fix my, my issues? I might not, but if you're someone who's trying to get competitive and trying to continually improve yourself and trying to get better at CrossFit and climb, climb that leaderboard for next year, you need to take a good, hard, long look at where are your weaknesses? Because Matt Frazier, Tia Toomey, like Rich Froning, these legends of the sport, that's all they do is, oh, shoot a weakness, I'm going to make this a strength and they just right. hammer it until they love it. So that's kind of what you need to, what you need to do if you really are playing the long game here. Well, and to that point, I think one of the, um, one of the things that always comes out of the open that people get frustrated because they don't finish as high as their quote unquote competition, you know, like the, whoever's at their local gym, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I would really encourage people listening go test these things again, six months from now mm -hmm. and, and judge yourself against yourself. Like that's, that's always a problem for me during the open is like, I get my score and I think, Oh, that was really good. As a matter of fact, it happened in uh, the first workout. I did it at home, just kind of ran through it. It's the only one I redid, but I didn't really do it at full speed. You know, I just ran through it. And then my, but my training partner, like my buddy that I've trained with for 10 years now, smashes it yeah and then i'm like oh shit my run through wasn't as good as i thought it was yeah <laughs> now i have to go now i have to go do it for real now i have to go put all my effort into it you know yeah. and that's not really fair you know um and i beat him by the way but it's there you go yeah but you still you need to test against yourself and so like i want to redo these workouts maybe six months from now i want to test that deadlift workout again because i don't i'm not sure i got my best effort and i'd like to see if yeah. i can beat that you know for sure for sure. Hey, I have a question for a listener. This is a good one too. The question was so bizarre and I'm not making fun of this dude, but I'm going to read his name anyway. So Badger is what he goes by. Rich Badger, uh, hollow me the follower and we appreciate the follow and the listener. Um, but it's just a bizarre question. <laughs> hey guys, love the podcast. Had an athlete ask me, why don't we do handstand pushups facing the wall? Honestly, didn't know why, besides you can't keep facing. And is there any other quote unquote CrossFit reason we don't restrict handstand pushups? Did some Googling and didn't come up with any solid answers. I have an answer, but I'm dying to know what you think on that, Ben. So a couple things. Kicking up onto the wall. If you do it facing, 
the wall. That's much, much more difficult. And wall walk. Yeah. Yeah. And then upon failure, what do you do? Right. Upon failure, like you can't just like walk your hands back out because you've probably reached exhaustion. So if you're facing the wall and doing handstand pushups and you reach failure, then you're splatting the other direction uh, or just smashing on your head. So I think the kicking up onto the wall into a facing away handstand pushup just makes more logical sense. Like you can still train the same muscles. Yeah. You might be a little over extended since your feet are technically past your hands, but I think it just makes it easier to dismount, to mount and dismount. Well, you always want to make it easier to mount and dismount. I, <laughs> I knew you were going to, I knew you were going to take that bait. <laughs> This is why you're a great coach, because you actually know the reason. I'm sitting there going, well, the reason you want to do it facing the wall is you're going to smash your junk against the wall if you get it. <laughs> like, who wants to do that? Like, you're you're yeah, very smart. I mean, I've actually, we program in our handstand push-up course, actually, um, wall-facing handstand push-ups, because it, it just puts your body into a better hollow body position, and it's really good for strict. Um, but it's just, it's a very awkward it's just awkward to get up there and it's very awkward to get out of it. I felt sure we would get strict handstand pushups this year. Yeah, I was, I was really surprised. No, no handstand pushups at all. That was actually one of my other things I learned by the way. And we can kind of wrap up on, on these thoughts, I guess. But um, one of the other things I learned is all the strict work I've been doing really paid off like completely. And like, we've talked about that on the show a lot, like strict pull-ups, like, you know, particularly in that muscle-up workout, I haven't done muscle-ups at all, but I've done a ton of strict pull-ups and yeah. ring dips and dips and push-ups and, you know, like just straight, strict body weight work. And I think that part did pay off in Absolutely. Space. Strict strength gymnastics is just absolutely like it, it changes your life from a performance perspective. Um, yeah. You show me someone who's got great numbers with their strict gymnastic movements. And I'll show you someone that as long as they have a little bit of coordination, uh, they can, they can really, really succeed. If you have someone who's a phenomenal mover, but they just don't have the strength to go with it. It's just, it doesn't, yep. doesn't matter. You can't do much. You know, who doesn't rich badger Holly, who's smashing his junk doing wall facing handstand pushups. I don't know. I don't think you'd smash your junk. Maybe you don't think. Maybe, yeah, maybe I just don't have what it takes to do that. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Because your hands are, like, your hands are farther. I don't know. So it's a thought. Where I'm are you gonna going to try it. You, uh, you told me you're going out of town. Where are you going? This time? I am going backcountry snowboarding. I'm applying my fitness. I'm going backcountry snowboarding with my brother and a, a group of friends. We actually have now four spaces available for anyone who's listening. Um Four spaces, March 20th to the 23rd, we are hiking six miles into the 10th Mountain Division hut system, and we're staying at a hut that's completely off-grid for three nights and doing a lot of snowboarding, snowboarding, backcountry skiing, that kind of thing. It's going to be awesome. Dude, you are literally never home. That's kind of (laughs) true. Since we didn't talk about them, you better take your UCAN with you and uh oh actually i I, it's like on my packing list like i still luckily i've been hoarding um all the bars and especially like the energy bars like those cherry things are just the most delicious little 
nugget of snack ever. Just <laughs> carbs. Oh, so good. But yeah, on the hike in, I mean, I'm just going to be smashing those. And and I, that's what I take out because they don't freeze either. Like they don't like freeze super hard, like a lot of like traditional protein bars. So they're the perfect uh, backcountry snack. Damn, I never thought about that, but you're absolutely right. Cause I keep them in, I keep one in my gym bag at all times. So and my gym bag stays in the car and I just, you know, rotate them out after I eat them. And yeah, never, a lot of protein, a lot of protein bars, a lot of the uh, gummies, they just freeze like straight up hard as a rock. But the, the energy bars are very, they just stay soft and supple and delicious. So Ooh. yeah, I'm, I will be bringing you Cam. We forgot to mention at the beginning of the show, but at least we, we were able to, to actually honestly plug them you made <laughs> because it, it's you, true. Yeah. But you made it gross by calling them soft and supple. I don't even know. Where soft, they supple from. and delicious, baby. Yeah. Well, if you want your soft, supple and delicious, <laughs> you can bar go to you can.co and you scale and you'll save 20%. But man, that just sounds gross. I don't know why more for me then more for you. they are delicious though. I use the, uh, that one you're describing, um, uh, prior to two like of those cherry almonds, right? Cherry almonds. Yeah. I used them for two of the, for two of those workouts. And then I used it over the weekend. I had a long workout on Sunday that nearly killed me. And, uh, I didn't want to overeat going in, but I ate that and it was perfect. Love it. It was perfect. All right, dude, we'll have a safe trip. Enjoy your, uh, snowboarding and skiing and carousing and all the crazy things you guys do. Hiking. Yeah. I'm, I'm super stoked. And, I will be back for the next episode. Hopefully, um, you know, hopefully I'll survive. You know, I didn't even mention this at the beginning. I should have mentioned the beginning before people started just clicking off and not listening. But uh, prior to talking to you, I interviewed Matt Frazier today. Oh, wow. Very exciting. And he'll be on kettlebells and cocktails on Friday. Man, I'm so, so sad that I'm, I just like, man, I really was a buzzkill for your day, wasn't I? You were. Well, no, I'm just plugging the other show at this point. So yeah. uh, for everyone listening, go subscribe to kettlebells and cocktails you can listen to that on friday when that comes out and he was great he was so good Good. yes i was i hate to say i'm shocked because he's a super nice guy and i knew he was like i'd met him before but dude he was great on the air great story and i bet that now that he doesn't have that like you know he's not like super focused on becoming the best crossfitter in the world and proving it time and time again he's like i think from what i've seen he's like relaxed a little bit like Dude. even at, even in, in Wadapalooza, like he wasn't shredded. You remember he yeah. took his shirt off and it's like, oh, all right, Matt. Like he's got a couple pounds on him, and and I I love that. Like I love the fact that he's he's like, hey, I did my thing. I've retired, and now I'm just gonna have a a good time and grow my business and and do my thing. So, dude, he's a smart dude, and he's funny, and it was a great conversation, and really okay. stoked. So make sure you listen to it. You download it and listen to it while you're hiking six miles in or whatever you're doing. So of course I will. <laughs> All right. Good talking to you, man. Have a safe trip. And uh, for everyone listening, appreciate you guys joining us and we'll chat with you guys soon.